Now, what we're going to do uh, today uh, is just a standalone day, really. Um, and uh, Simon uh, is the location pastor at Rowley, and Joe is the location pastor at Hagley, and myself, location pastor here. We're kind of bringing the message. It's the same kind of message, the same format, just with some application uh, into the different locations. So Simon's doing this up at uh, Rowley, and Joe will be doing this in Hagley this afternoon, and I'm doing it here in front of you now. So here it is. So what we want to do is, is this is kind of uh, the title, What I Wish For You For This Year, Okay. And so this has got a flavour of um, Hales Owen about it, uh, just like Rowley will have and Hagley will have. But this is really what we wish for us as a whole church, okay? Because we believe we're one church in three locations and uh, we want to just kind of share that with you. Have you ever um, set out somewhere, like on a journey or set out somewhere in your life and you thought you'd end up there but you were diverted and as you were diverted, you actually found that where you diverted to was good. Anyone ever had that experience? Uh, you know, what happens um, to the Apostle Paul? Uh, he's one of the guys that writes a lot of the, what we call the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. Is that actually, he experienced that himself. You see, the Apostle Paul was someone who loved God, but didn't like Jesus. And, and when the Jesus movement started happening, okay, uh, he was the, the main guy that were persecuting in other words, uh, killing some of the early church, the early Christians. But then he was on a journey himself to Damascus and uh, God intervened in his life. He had a, an encounter with Jesus. He experienced the reality of Jesus and then he turned 180 degrees and he became um, not only a Jesus follower, but a guy that started many of the churches uh, around the world. And um, he, in Acts chapter 16, he's heading out to take the message of Jesus to Asia and God stops him and redirects him and he ends up in Macedonia and he ends up bringing the church, bringing the gospel, the good news of Jesus and starting churches in Europe. And so that diversion, he was going this way to serve God and God redirected him and that meant that the church came to Europe. And in Acts 16, there's a church in Macedonia uh, first and then in Acts 17, we see the church at Thessaloniki Thess uh, uh, where we get one Thessalonians, which is where we're going to look this morning. Let me just take a pause. In 2015, we as a church were heading in a certain direction and there was nothing wrong with it and we were following God and it was all good. And through a fire, we were redirected. And in the last three years, who would have known what God would have done in and through this church? Amen. It's been just amazing because three years ago, we weren't thinking about changing our name as such. We weren't thinking about being multi-site. We weren't thinking about having a church in Albania. We weren't thinking of those things. We wanted to follow God. And through the fire, God used that fire to redirect us. And in my 26 years that I've been here at the church, I would say that 2018 is by far the best year that I've ever known as a church. Uh, and we've seen more people come to faith. We've seen God do some amazing things. And I don't know about you, but sometimes the diversions are good, aren't they? Aren't they? Uh, and we are where we are because of God. And we're also where we are because of you guys as well. And that's what I want to speak into. And um, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to, I'm going to read a passage uh, from one of these letters that Paul writes to that church. Because when he went to Th uh, Thessaloniki, uh, he, he actually was only there for three weeks. And he started an incredible church. And this church became a model church and an inspiration to others. 
And it's really humbling to me, uh, but in this last kind of year or so, it kind of feels like God's doing something here, which is beginning to go outside of here as well. And some of you know the, um, the, the magazine, um, the Direction magazine, that's part of a, another broader uh, company of magazines, uh, did a Christmas edition and included 12 or 15 of the most popular stories. And our story was in that magazine, which was great. And I was asked a few weeks ago if I would uh, write an article about what we're doing here with Multisite so for it to be shared within the annual report at Elim uh, at our national conference in May. And more and more we're being asked by other churches to help and to encourage. And we're really humbled and honoured to do that. And this is a little bit like when I read these bits to you, I know they're Paul writing to a church, but I think this is you guys. I think this is what God is doing amongst us. So we're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and this is what it says. Paul says, we always thank God for all of you. I don't thank God for all of you, most of you. No, I'm only joking. And continually, and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hold it there. This is you guys. This is you guys. Over this last year, I have just been humbled and blown away by how many of you are doing all this. Your work produced by faith, your labour produced by love and your endurance inspired by hope. And I want to thank you guys for that. Because the times when you show up and serve, you know we have about 60 volunteers on a Friday night that work with our teenagers in the community. We have about 80 people that work in life groups, uh, as, as in leadership, caring for people, loving people, you know, encouraging people. There was about 40 of you that, that, that gave a Saturday just before Christmas to go and drive around the area and take hampers to people and families who were in need. This is you guys. This is you guys. But, but then when, when you've got that and when that's starting to happen, it's going to move out from there. Because let's carry on. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Some of you have served Jesus so faithfully here this last year and your life has been really tough. And I've looked out sometimes at some of you who've been worshipping God or you've been serving in different things. And I know how tough your life has been in 2018. But you've done that. And you've done that because God's at work in you. And I want you to know that as you've done that, something has happened through all of that. And this is what Paul says. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. In other words, what, you, what God was doing in you guys is now starting to be looked at and, and learned from in other situations. And I say that with all humility, but that's our heart as a church. We want to be a resource church, don't we? We want to support other churches. We want, we want to support churches overseas and, and other churches in Elim and beyond Elim. And we want to be that. And I think God is doing that in and through this church, which is brilliant. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. And then the last one. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. And when I, when I read that passage of Scripture, I, I, I think about you guys and I think about this church and, and I think about Life Central Hale Zoe because you guys, you know, what's happening out in Rowley and out in Hagley 
couldn't be happening if it wasn't for you guys. Because your prayers and your giving and your work and your service and your love is what's helping us to be able to push out into other areas. And so I want to thank you so much for all that you've done in 2018. But I also want to wish some things for you for 2019. And there are three big things that I want to wish for every single one of you this year. And if you're watching this or listening to it, please, this is for you guys as well. Whether you're part of this church or not, I want to wish these things for you in 2019. And the first thing I want to wish is this. I want to wish for you a courageous act of obedience that costs you something. Woohoo! Excited about that, aren't you? A courageous, is that what you're wishing for me? I thought it was going to be like wealth and, do you know what I mean? And winning the lottery, not that at all. I want to wish a courageous act of obedience for you that costs you something. And the reason I want to wish that for you is this. If you do that, you will grow. If you do that, you will grow. You will only grow through your courageous acts of obedience. You will only grow as you obey God and as you step into what he has for you. I read a birthday card recently. It said this, you are only young once, but you can be immature forever. Isn't that the truth? How many of you know Christmas comes around quicker every year it goes? Isn't that true for some of us older people? It's like, oh my gosh, it comes around quick. Just become, because it comes around quick, just because you're getting older does not mean you are maturing or growing. It just means you're getting older. We only grow when we have a courageous act of obedience that costs us something. Peter, one of the disciples and apostles, he knew that when when he was in a boat on a storm on a lake and Jesus said to him, get out of the boat and walk on the water. That courageous act of obedience got him wet and cost him something and he grew through it. And I want to say to you, to go too long without one of these is bad for your faith. Can I say that again? To go too long without one of these is bad for your faith. You know when you become a Christian for the first time, and we had some amazing uh, baptism stories a few weeks ago, people come into faith, and, and Christianity and faith and life is all new, and every time you do something, it's, a, it's an act of, of obedience, and, and it's a step of faith, and you're out of your comfort zone. The most dangerous time for you and I is not then, it's when we've been doing it for a long time, And when we realise it's been a long time since we did it. To go too long without stepping out of the boat is bad for your faith. I want to encourage you this year. Get out of the boat. What does that mean? I don't know what it means for you. But do a courageous act of obedience that costs you something. Maybe go on a trip. You know, Ruth's here on the front row. And she's already said before about she went to Albania last year. was Was a Christian last year. Became a Christian. Went to Albania and got baptised in a year. Amazing. You know, that trip, she would say, really caused her faith to grow. I want to encourage you to do that. We've got one coming up in May. The closing date is next Sunday. Get an application in. Just say, hey, I'm I'm interested in having a conversation. We'll have another one uh, in the second half of the year in October, in the half term in October. Maybe that you don't want to do that. Maybe share your faith with someone at work. Maybe invite someone to Alpha and come along with them. Maybe take up a new ministry. Maybe serve in a new area. Maybe get baptised this year. Maybe trust God with your finances. Maybe that would be the courageous act of obedience. And let me just say one thing about, about money at the start of the year, okay? Because I know money is always an interesting issue at any point of the year, but in January it is. Here's how most people in the world think about their money, okay? The first thing they think about is, I'm going to live with the money that I get. 
So that means spending it. That means paying the mortgage. It means paying the bills. It means buying the food. It means shopping. It means that's the first thing I'm going to think about. If there's anything left over, then I might think about saving something. If there's anything left over from that, I might think about giving something. And that's how most people work, work with the money. They go live, save, give. Jesus and God puts the whole thing upside down, but the right way up. He says, no, don't start with live. Don't go live, save, give. Start with give. That's what you do first. If you're a Jesus follower, and if you're not, this doesn't really apply to you, okay, but it's great wisdom. If you are a Jesus follower, this really applies to you. We start with giving. So we give to God first because we recognise who's given it to us and we're stewarding it and we put it and it's about trust and it's about an act of obedience. So we give and then we save and then we live on what's left. Now that is counterintuitive to many people, but I want to encourage you, give it a go. It is the best way to handle your finances. We've been living this way for a long time. In fact, I want to be totally honest, we've always given first. The one where we had to adjust was the save. We would give, live, and then save. And then God really spoke to us, no, no, no. You've got to give, save, and then live. And that might mean you have to cut your cloth a little bit, but that's a much better and healthier way to handle your finances. And that can be a courageous act of obedience for you. I also want to encourage you guys to respond this year to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to take a step of faith. You know, there was a survey um, uh, taken, you, you know this, I've said it before, of over 95-year-olds and they said, if you had your life again, what would you do differently? And the top three answers were this. Take more risks. Enjoy the moment a little bit more along the way. And do something that lives beyond me. They're great things, aren't they? Take more risks. You know, I want to encourage you in 2019 to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. On New Year's Day, um, I went to the football in the afternoon to watch the mighty Aston Villa. Uh, who didn't lose, unlike yesterday, but they drew on that day. And we went, I went with some of the guys here from the church. And on the way back, I dropped the guys off. And uh, I had this new car, as some of you know. Uh, it's a leased car. It's a brand new car. And it shows you on the computer thing that, that the one tyre is, is short of, of, of air pressure. And so I f- went into a garage and, and I went to kind of fill, and fill, fill it up with, with air. And, and I don't know what I did, but as I pulled the, the, the thing off, it, it pulled the valve off and it popped and the whole tyre collapsed. Okay, and this was New Year's Day about six o'clock and I was not too happy. All right, um, and I had to call the AA out. They don't have spare tyres these days and stuff. And so the guy came and, and, and he kind of did what he needed to do and, and fixed it and what have you, which was great. And then he said, I'm going to just check that, that it's okay and that it's sealed and I need some washing up liquid. So can I follow you home? And then I'll, So anyway, he followed me home and he's doing all this and he was, a, he was really great. And then as I went to turn away, I just felt God say, you need to ask him some stuff about Christmas. And so I started to ask him about his Christmas and it turned out his mother had died suddenly just the week before Christmas. And he wanted to cancel Christmas. But, and so we went through this whole conversation outside my house with the AA guy on New Year's Day about Christmas and the loss of his mum and all that. And I just felt that was a response of God. But then as I walked away and went inside the house, I went in and I felt God say, yeah, you kind of did it and you missed it. Do you know what I mean? He says, actually, you did it because you opened it up and, and, and it was right to do that. And he obviously wanted to talk because he kept talking to me about how he was feeling. He said, but you never mentioned God. And I came back into my house and I thought, oh, God, on January the 1st, I kind of went halfway, but I missed it. And I don't want to live like that. And I'm, I'm saying that to you because it happens to all of us. You've all had, anyone had a situation where you think, oh, I've just missed it. Anyone had that or is it just me? No, you have. But, but, but listen, I'm going to say, okay, I kind of did it and then missed it. 
But I don't want to live like that in 2019. I want to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. A courageous act of obedience will cost you something, but you will grow when you do it. One, one, of, one of the stories I love um, uh, is the story about a guy called William Borden. If you ever read his story, he's a young guy in America in the late 1800s. And, and he was very rich from a very wealthy family. And he was very bright academically, top uh, student in school. And, um, but, but he became a Christian in his teens. And he, and he felt God was going to call him to, to go overseas and to reach unreached groups in the world. Okay, This was in the late 1900, 19th century. And in his Bible, uh, as a teenager, he wrote these two words, no reserves. Then he went to university uh, and he still had this passion for Jesus. He started a Bible study and a thousand students would come to this Bible study. And then he would take them out into the streets of the city and to feed the homeless. And then in his Bible in that period, he wrote the words, no retreats. And then when he left university after a couple of years, uh, he knew he couldn't turn back from what God was saying to him. So he, he set out going to China where he was going to bring Christianity and bring the gospel of Jesus. But, but he stopped in Egypt first to learn Arabic. And there he contracted spinal meningitis and died one month later at the age 25. And so at the funeral, people are saying, what on earth was wrong with this guy? He had so much money. He had so much intellect. He had so much potential. And yet he gave it all up to pursue God. And he never even got where he was going to go. And he died at 25 with spinal meningitis in Egypt. But when they found his Bible, they found that he'd written three phrases in his Bible. He wrote this, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. I just think, what a powerful story of how we want to live our lives. Do you know what I mean? A courageous act of obedience that costs you something. Because that brings honour to God, and that's the only way to grow. That's the first thing I wish for you this year. The second thing I wish for you this year is this. I wish at the end of this year that each and every one of us has a realisation that we played a part in helping someone find and follow Jesus. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing for 2019? I don't know what you've said, you know, maybe you want to lose a few pounds, maybe you want to do this and do that. Nothing wrong with that, that's absolutely great. What about saying this year, Jesus, I want to have a realisation, I want to know I have played a part in helping someone to find and follow Jesus. Jesus. That's what we're about as a church. That's our mission statement. We are helping people to find and follow Jesus. You know, one of my favourite uh, chapters in the book of Luke is chapter 15. Uh, Jesus tells there three stories that were so culturally relevant. And uh, there were stories about a sheep and a coin and a son. And everyone that listened to them engaged instantly because he used what was cultural to explain something spiritual. I heard a great quote recently that said this, relevance is using what's cultural to say what's timeless. That's such a great quote. Relevance is using what's cultural to say what's timeless. Can I just say a little word to you guys here at Hal Zoe? This is why at this church we talk about movies and we do series based on songs and things out in culture. And some Christians will say, oh, you're watering down the gospel and you're selling out and all that. No, we're not. We're just trying to be a little bit more like Jesus who used what was cultural to say what was timeless. And that's exactly what he did in Luke 15. So he tells stories, three stories. And in each of the three stories, something was lost. A sheep, a coin and a son. In each of the stories, what was lost was important to someone. The sheep mattered to the shepherd. The coin mattered to the woman and the son mattered to the father. In each of the three stories, it was so valuable what was lost that it warranted an all-out search. 
Shepherd left the 99 and went for the one. The woman turned the house upside down to look for the coin. The son, the father waited till the son came home. And in each of the three stories, when what was lost came home, there was a great party, which is what we call baptisms. That's our party time. That's our time when we celebrate people who found and are now starting to follow Jesus. And I want to say, this is who we are as a church. And I want to encourage you this year, you can play a part in that, guys. You can play a part in someone finding and following Jesus. After the first service, somebody came to me to say, um, you referenced the uh, baptisms. And I didn't realize that one of the people that got baptized there, that I met this person several years ago at work. Uh, and this person wasn't a Christian. He says, and I prayed for them. And then on one Sunday in church, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, do you remember me? And the guy said, I just realized that I prayed for them about five years ago. And look at what God has done in their life. You see, you and I can get to play a part in someone finding and following Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't that be amazing if that could happen in 2019? What would be so good? And and how you can do that is is that you've got to be intentional about that. We've got to invest in relationships. We've got to be intentional with opportunities. And so when Alpha comes along, that's a great opportunity to invite someone. You know, many people came to the Christmas production and we've had some great feedback from that. Many people came and were impacted and were impressed, but won't do anything with it unless the person who invited them invites them and goes on a journey with them. And I want to encourage you. Maybe your courageous act of obedience is to help someone find and follow Jesus. Maybe you can link those two things together. The end of February, the last Sunday in February, we have Mark Ritchie with us again. Anyone remember Mark Ritchie? Comedian and great communicator. He's going to be speaking here in the morning. Then in the evening, he's going to be doing his new show, the one that he did at the Edinburgh Fringe. And again, just about an hour. And in that time, incredible comedy, but great articulation of what the Jesus story is all about. I really encourage you. You could put that day in your diary and be thinking and praying now for who you can invite to that comedy event at the end of March. Let me just give you a couple of encouraging stories. The last time I was up on this stage, um, December the 23rd, and I talked about my wish for you this Christmas. And I put a picture up uh, from Albania. I'd just been to Albania the weekend before. And I showed you Yetan, remember? Uh, was the young guy who's leading the church out there. And in the picture, I showed you him with his mother giving a testimony. who would just become a Christian. Uh, or this last year, she's become a Christian. And his sister, who's also become a Christian. He comes from a Muslim family in Albania. It's a very broken family. Last Sunday, his father gave his life to Jesus. How amazing is that? This guy's an alcoholic from a Muslim family who's given his life to Jesus. And now his whole family have given their lives to Jesus. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you and I are a little part of that because we pray for him. And we're involved in his life. And we're involved in that story, which is so, so good. I had a a great email from someone um, who uh, came to the production on the Saturday afternoon. uh, The first one that we did. and, uh, And she said this, I can't let Saturday afternoon go without saying wow. She said, I took my friend who became a Christian early this year and her mom who used to be a Sunday school teacher. Since my friend became a Christian, she'd often say, I don't feel anything. And I'd reassure her that one day she would. And then she says that Saturday afternoon was so powerful. The people on stage were stars. They were anointed. They were professional. The worship was awesome. There was laughter and there were tears. When it was over, my friend smiled at me and she said, I felt it. I felt it. And her mother said, so did I, and wiped her tears away. And you need to know that we get to play a part 
all of us, in helping people to find and follow Jesus. But I want you to have the realisation that you personally played a part in that as well, which would be awesome. The third thing, you still with me? Yeah, fantastic. So the first one was what? Courageous act of obedience. The second one was the realisation that you were going to play a part in helping someone to find and follow Jesus. The third one is my wish for you for 2019 is a consistency that produces the kind of life change you long for. You see, you and I at the start of a year, we long for life change. We long for improvement. We long for growth. But consistency is the only way it will be delivered over the long haul. Those courageous acts of obedience are really important, but it's also the consistency over the long haul that will bring it. Craig Rochelle, who's an American church leader, he says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. It's what you do occasionally. It's not what you do occasionally. It's what you do consistently that will make the difference. And we're consistent when it comes to washing, hopefully, and eating and toileting and all of that, you know. And it's that consistency that's so, so important. When you're consistent, you're more likely to be centered, guided by values, driven by purpose and obsessed by mission. You're more likely to be grounded, self-aware and secure. And when that happens, others around you can flourish and be who they were intended to be. Inconsistent leaders often produce an inconsistent culture. That's so, so important. Jack Welsh, who's a, 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 a business leader but also a Christian, he said, great leaders are both relentless and boring. And what he means by that is that they're consistent. They just do the right things all the time on a consistent basis. Now, I wish this for you personally, okay? I wish for you this year that you find a level of personal consistency that brings you growth. That means you have to look at your diary because your diary is a tool and not a master. And what gets put in the diary gets done. What doesn't get put in the diary doesn't get done. And so how many of you want to say, this year I want to get closer to God? How many of you would say that? Give me your hand. Come on. Yes, you all know that's the right answer, don't you? You're here. But you know what? My question to you would be, well, how are you going to do that? What are you going to put in your diary that will help you consistently get closer to God? You, you, you know, I can't tell you how many times people have said, oh, I'm really glad I came to church this morning. I nearly didn't come. And I want to say, well, you're a Muppet then. Because what you're doing is that you're waiting for a flip of a coin to see what's the best thing to do. And you say, oh, I'll go to church today. And you're really glad because God spoke to you. If it had gone the other direction, you wouldn't have come and God wouldn't have spoken to you. So actually, consistently, why don't you consistently put in your diary what you know will help you get closer to God? Because I know that if I don't pray, if I don't read the Bible, if I don't listen to other people's stuff, if I don't, if I don't get around people that sharpen me, over time, I won't get closer to God. It's the consistency of doing those things that helps you. And you can only do that when you take control of your diary. If you want to be physically fitter, how are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? Where are you going to do that? What, who's going to help you to do that? If you, if you want your marriage to get better over time, how are you going to invest in it? If you want life-giving friendships, how are you going to do that? You've got to use your diary. If you put it in your diary, it has a chance of getting done. If you don't, it has no chance. Am I right or am I wrong? Come on, I'm right, aren't I? It's absolutely true. And I also want to say, not only personal consistency... And I know I've challenged you on this before, guys. I want to talk to you a little bit about family consistency, okay? 
Because in the Western church, in the UK, in America, and Europe, there's a massive thing going on right now. We probably are reaching more people than we were, generally. Even in this country, statistics for people becoming Christians is on the increase slightly, which is really good news. What's on the decrease is church attendance. Because people more and more and more are doing other things rather than coming on a Sunday. Now, that's not the only way that you become a Christian. I get that. But one of the things that will help your family, especially if you've got kids or teenagers, is consistency. Because if you are not consistent, A, you are communicating something to your kids about value and about worth and about what's important. But B, you have no chance of them building relationships and friendships that will help them when they go through their difficult, troubled, challenging teenage years. We know this is true in our own life. We've seen it in our own family. When if it wasn't for the consistency that had been put in and the friendships that had been built, we're not sure how our son would have come through that stage because he went way off trying to explore and find faith and rejecting faith and all that. But he had such a consistency of friendship and relationship and coming to church that actually that was like a, a foundation through those difficult years. I want to encourage you to do that. So, so I want to encourage you to make the location that you're at, if it's Hal Zoen, make it the location you're at. Even the service, make that the one that you're at and make it part of your family routine. Because when you make it part of your family routine, you build something into your kids and into your family. Even if you say, hey, hey we're going to have a family day on a Sunday. Why can't a family day include worship together for 75 minutes out of a 24-hour period? And what you're doing is you're communicating value, but you're laying a foundation that will help build consistency into the life of your kids. I don't know about you, but how much is the faith of your kids worth to you? How much is the faith of your kids really worth to you? Is it more important than their clubs? Is it more important than their, than their academic prowess? Is it more important than their sporting achievements? Is the faith of your kids worth anything to you because if it is you're going to prioritize it you're going to prioritize kids you're going to say hey we want you on a Wednesday night you're going to get to cruise you're going to be there you know on a Sunday morning you're going to be in Excel you're going to be in, in kids work because actually we're going to prioritize this because this is so important and I know there comes a stage when your kids are too old and you can't do it but but let's let's be honest you're the parent you are the parent okay and we've got to not be, give up that kind of thing but we've got to keep doing that because actually this is so important the faith of our kids is worth something to us isn't it and we want them to find and follow Jesus for the rest of their lives so as we come into land what I wish for you this year guys is a courageous act of obedience that cost you something I want to wish for you a realization that you played a part in helping someone find and follow Jesus and then I want you to find the consistency that brings real life change and what I wish and hope for us this year is kind of, kind of galvanizing those three things. But I want to say just one thing else for us here at Hal Zoe. I want to encourage you guys this year, in Hal Zoe especially, be grateful for this church. And the reason I say that is I love the church, okay? And I get now to go to lots of other churches and help other church leaders. And um, in February... I'm going to be going to India for 10 days and I'm going to be taking a guy with me from the church who three years ago would have said he was an atheist. He's now become a Christian and he's coming out to India with me and we're going to be speaking at conferences and apparently I'm going to be visiting leper colonies and we're going to be out in rural situations and speaking to pastors and I love the church and I get the chance now to go and do that. But when I go around, 
I realise not all the churches are as great as this one. You need to be grateful for what God is doing here. You need to be really grateful. And I'm not saying that to boast about myself. This, we've got something amazing that God is doing here. We need to be grateful and value that. Amen. So let's be grateful. Let's be involved. Let's get some skin in the game. You know, maybe some of you are newer and you've not found a way to give financially or to, to serve or to get involved. But get involved. Let's get some skin in the game. That's so important. 2019, may, make this the year that you get involved. Let's be expectant. You know, Tuesday night, I really want to encourage you to come on Tuesday night to encounter. We're going to be praying for people, but I'm going to be laying out some things for us this year that I think that God is saying to us as we head into this year. And we need to be expectant and we need to be watchful as well. And we need to be prayerful. And we're going to do all those things on Tuesday night. So be grateful, be involved, be expectant, be watchful and be prayerful. Because do you know why prayer is so important? Nothing great is going to happen unless God's hand moves. And I found this great verse in Psalm 127, which I knew really well. But I've been reading the passage translation of the, of the Psalms recently. And it says it this way. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. In other words, if God doesn't move, whatever you do is going to be a waste of time. And that's why we want to pray, isn't it? So I want to invite the band if they'll come back. And I want to invite you to stand with me guys this morning, okay? And this is, my, this is my wish and this is my hope for you guys, each and every one of you in 2019. How many of you are up for a courageous act of obedience? Yeah? Oh, you say you are now. You're not quite so sure, are you? <laughs> yes! It's like, that, it's like that preacher that said, who wants to go to heaven? And, and, and people put their hands up and the little kid didn't. And the, and the mother said to the little kid, why don't you put your hand up? And she said, I thought he meant now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought he was going to, like, make a batch now. Do you know what I mean? And so he kept his hand out. We want a courageous act of obedience because we want to grow. We want to play a part in helping someone to find and follow Jesus because it's the most important thing we can ever do. Isn't it? If we genuinely believe that, that when you die, if you know God, you get to spend eternity with Him, why wouldn't we want everybody to know that? Why wouldn't you want your friends, your family, your loved ones, your colleagues, your neighbours? Why wouldn't you want them to know that if you genuinely believed that was the truth? And then we want a consistency. So we're not just up and down. We're not just on the emotion. But actually there's a consistency in our lives where we walk it out day in, day out. If, if you're up for that, I want to pray for you. Maybe if you are, maybe just raise your hand just for a moment. And I want to pray for you. Jesus, I want to pray for every single person that's reaching out to you today. Whether it's here in this room or whether it's watching it or listening to it. Lord, I want to pray for every single person. God, may you do. May you bring these things into our lives, Lord Jesus. And may we respond to you. God, maybe only one. Maybe that one courageous act of obedience. That one invitation. That one moment of consistency where we, we put something in our diary and we stick with it. God, may we do that. And Lord, through that, may we know that you are at work in us and through us. And Jesus, I want to pray for every single person here. As we begin 2019, none of us know what's happening around the corner. None of us know what's happening tomorrow. But Jesus, we put our hand into your hand. And we say, God, we can trust you. You're the God who had yesterday. You're the God who has tomorrow. And you're the God who has today. And so Lord, now we say we respond to you. 
we put our hand in your hand and together Lord as one church we want to join with the church across the world across the planet and say there is only one church and we want to be a part of that we want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven so Lord help us now I pray as we kick off this year together may we go forward may we see you do even greater things than you did last year not because of us but God because of you because you are such an amazing God and we love you and everyone agreed with it and said, Amen. Amen. Let's sing.